With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lepko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lepko and Chris Sims. All right, okay, it is a special edition of the Sims and Lepko Podcast. It is episode 75. Let's just go out and say it. It's the Howie Long episode of the podcast. Or the Mean Joe Green. Ooh, or the Vinnie Curry, not up to that level. (laughs) Uh, The reason it's special is because we're shooting this on a Monday because when a superstar is made available, you You make it possible. You mean the worst guy? This guy's horrible. (laughs) Joe Buck, he stinks. He stinks. He's the worst. Uh, We had such a good time with him in San Francisco for the Super Bowl. I think so many employees of Bleacher Report came back and said, honestly, I met Joe Buck. And he was like the coolest guy there. Yep. I literally have people saying that. So let's welcome him right in. Joe Buck, obviously, Sims is being a joker. What do you got for us, Joe? Three, Sims. <laughs> in all seriousness, Joe, I know I probably only got to talk to you maybe twice as a starting quarterback. Uh, but Joe and Troy were my favorite Saturday meetings as a quarterback. I, well, I, you know, I love Troy for one. He kind of took the place of my father as, like, my role model quarterback when I was growing yeah. up when my dad retired. And Joe is just uh, – people – he's so misunderstood. Very easy to talk to. Always made me feel comfortable. And, look, he's so damn good looking. Man. It's just, look at this massive forehead. This might be the worst angle anybody could ever – Hi. Uh, <laughs> I need, first of all, I need Botox. Secondly, it's an eight head, not a forehead. But uh, I'm happy to be on with you guys. And you liked our meetings, Chris, because I didn't say anything. And we asked questions for about 10 minutes, and then you went back to the weight room or wherever you were getting a snack You're, on your Saturday. You were right. You guys were easy to deal with, that's for sure. Yeah, we were like, okay, what are you going to do? Good. Okay, see you. The, uh, the the reason that we're able to have Joe Buck on is because Undeniable Season 2 starts Wednesday, this Wednesday, August 10th, 8 p.m. Awesome interview show. It's on DirecTV, Audience Network. It's also going to be on the radio this year, starting on Thursday, which is going to be cool. And your first guest is Brett Favre. Have you already done the interview with Brett? Are you going to do the – where are we right now with that? Yeah, no, no. It's been done. I did it last year at the Super Bowl, like at the time I was talking to you guys. Cool. I think I left you all and went over and uh, I did a series of these. So it's season two, but it's been there for a while. These interviews, thankfully, are timeless in that it's not, hey, what are you promoting? What game's mm. coming up this week? Whatever it may be. It's more, uh, tell us about your childhood. Tell us about you know, what it was like in college, what your high school offense was like, but more importantly, where'd you stumble? And and Brett goes into his dependence on uh, painkillers and, and how awful that got. And mm. it's really is his relationship with his dad, which is different than I thought it was uh, after I sat there and talked to him about it. 
So these guys kind of sit down and they, they get a chance to get a lot off their chest and like sitting on a, laying on a couch, um, it's, it's cathartic for them. And, and it's, I think it serves a purpose for both sides. I agree. I think the thing that I've learned the most from athletes is when you can break through the tough guy core and you get to the human element of it, what drives people is right. what's so fascinating. Right. I- I'm curious, Joe, you were talking, Sims, about Troy Aikman, Joe Buck. Like, me and you work together a lot, so we've become good friends. Joe, how long did it take for you and Troy to kind of create that dynamic duo where you just felt like boys together? Well, a couple of things. First of all, I, I can tell you that uh, when we got paired together, uh, there was a third guy in the booth at that time, and that was Chris right. Collinsworth. Right. Um, Chris and Troy are very different guys. Uh, both are terrific at television, sure. but they're different people. And so it was a lot of going back and forth. Chris and Troy didn't see eye to eye all the time. Um, and I was trying to manage that relationship a little bit. And we were taking over for Madden Summerall, which is to this day the best to ever do it. So there was a lot of factors going on. I think once Chris went to Sunday Night Football uh, and went to NBC, my relationship with Troy changed because then it was kind of the two of us. And like you guys know, when you're going on air, I don't care what it is, uh, whether you're doing a preseason game or you're doing a Super Bowl, you have to know the other guy is there in your corner and has your back. Yep. And if you stumble, he's there to pick you up. As corny as that sounds, uh, I promise you, I, I know if I go in a direction, Troy can support me and vice versa. So, you know, we're basically the same age. We both have two daughters. Uh, and, and we consider each other better friends than we do on-air partners. So it's, it's, been, it's been good that way, and it's only gotten better over time. Yeah, it definitely it, shows. It shows, exactly right. You guys seem extremely comfortable. You know, one thing I've always been interested just, you know, uh, as when I played quarterback, of course, I respected some other quarterbacks around the NFL. You know, uh, when, you, when you watch sports on a Sunday or whatever it may be, what announcer kind of excites you? I know you like all of them, Jim Nance, Mike Tirico, Al Michaels, but who's the one that you look at and go, man, he is just super talented or I'm amazed how he does this or that? Uh, either Any of them jump out to you? Well, I mean, those would be the guys that I would say off the bat, but uh, you know who, who I think is the best in the business because of the versatility is Mike Tirico. Right. Um, I, I just, there's nothing that he can't do do well um you know a lot of times when those graphics pop up a full screen graphic a lot of times i'll just read it or i'll I'll highlight something he can give you levels two and three after that so whether it's golf or soccer or football or nba or college basketball whatever it is the guy's great so uh the only other guy i would throw in there is uh doc emmerich with uh with the NHL. Yeah. I would literally listen to a game, even if I don't care who's in it, who's playing. I have not, no dog in the fight because I want to hear what he does with the English language uh-huh. and how he describes something so differently every time it happens over and over again. The guy's unbelievable. So th- those are the ones that, that I sit back and enjoy. Right. Um, some that I mute just like I'm sure people mute me. Sure. Uh, and I, I try to make sure that I broadcast a game the way somebody or way I would want to listen to it at home, which is say the call, get out of the way. Don't make it about you. 
if I get hit by a bus going into the stadium, they're still going to play, and they're probably not going to have a moment of silence. So uh, act accordingly. Scar! Man, Doc Emmerich is the best. I love that. Oh, yeah, go, great. Going back to those meetings, um, any coaches beyond X's and O's and what they do, wins and losses, that when you sit down, they leave, you go, that's a really impressive man, and I understand why people would follow him. Right off the top of the bat, uh, top of the list, I would say, believe it or not, Tom Coughlin. Yeah. Um, he went from this curmudgeonly guy with Jacksonville to after he kind of had that players' council with the Giants. Right. I think he evolved as a coach. Uh, but he would sit down, and, and you, there's just a respect there for somebody like him. He's a very good man. He's a decent man. He's a hell of a coach. And he was very open. You know, some guys will tell you everything. Some guys will tell you nothing. Bill Belichick will tell you nothing. Right. Tom Coughlin, Mike McCarthy, they'll tell you everything. Pete Carroll. Mm. Uh, those are the guys you like to sit with. I, I respect the hell out of Belichick, and, and I don't care if they don't want to tell us anything that's their prerogative but the other guys that aren't really worried about that and know that they can trust you uh man you know you, you tend to take care of those guys too on the air because you know they're giving you their honest answer and you it, it helps their cause and and you get to know them and you give them the benefit of the doubt when something comes up where they might not normally get that well and that's uh, speaking of benefit of the doubt uh, I know the Buck family, baseball. I'm going to go there right now, even though you're Mr. Football. We're going to talk about it because we got to. Okay, let's do it. Come on. What's your take on the Yankees and the whole Alex uh, Rodriguez situation? Well, they basically paid him to go away. Right. Uh, you know, they, they obviously came to him and said, we're going to take you off the roster. We're going to cut you. That means that he gets paid. Or you can retire and you will be paid but you're still going to be off the roster. And so I think for all parties involved, uh, it was probably the best result, the best way to do it. I'm a Rodriguez fan, and I'm one of those guys that I understand that there were a lot of puddles stepped in, and I understand that a lot of the wounds are self-inflicted with what he's done on and off the field. There's no doubt about it, but there's also no denying his talent. And if you ask me, should he be in the Hall of Fame, my answer is yes. Huh. Uh, should Barry Bonds be in the Hall of Fame? My answer is yes. I think now we're getting into a point where all these guys are eligible now, where we don't know who did anything. We don't know who did what. Right. And so to sit back and go, well, he looks like he did it, so he didn't get now. Rodriguez got busted and got suspended for a year. He's in a different category. But, but what we know of the guys who did it is a small stream in a rushing river of guys that that really uh, went around the rules. And for as many people as were hitting home runs, there were guys juiced up throwing it to them. And if you're going to sit back and say, well, obviously by the eye test, this guy did it, this guy didn't, this this guy then gets my vote, this guy doesn't, think of a guy this year like D. Gordon. Yeah, it's going to go there. That's the perfect example. A second baseman who is not a big guy right. in any way, shape, or form. And he got suspended for PED use. So I... It just points out that we don't know what anybody's done. And so if anybody's going in, they all kind of have to start going in. And, and Rodriguez is on that list for me, and that's just my personal opinion. I think it's, I think it's like such a, like a moral issue combined with a sports fan issue combined yeah. with. I'm the opposite the, of Joe. Like, I think, yeah, no, you, you, I think none of them should be in the Hall of Fame. This entire era. The whole era. Leave them out, just except for Ken Griffey wing. Jr. and Jeter, maybe. 
But he I, he brings up a great point. Well, it's the same thing. I'm watching the Olympics. Sure. I watch the Olympics right now, and right. then like a swimmer from Hungary blows out a world record, and everyone's like, well, you know what could have happened. Right. And I'm like, why can't we just watch and enjoy it? And if we find out in five years, we find out in five years. But I don't <laughs> – it's crazy to me. I, I just – I think it's hard with the abilities of the cheat yes. to not recognize that they are ahead of the testing. Right. And and that's not just baseball. That's every sport. in all sports. Right. So uh, I get it, Chris, totally. Uh, you know, would the world be better if there were no steroid abusers in professional sports? Absolutely. But there are, and I think there are far more than we are aware of. And, you know, it's the ones that we know about that get punished, and it's the ones that we don't know about uh, who, who get a pass. Yeah. Joe, you have a very realistic take on everything. I think everything is measured. You see both sides of the coin. Is there an athlete that it came out that they were using steroids that it would hurt you in your heart where you go, wow, it, it even hit that guy? Well, yeah. You mean somebody that hasn't been? Yes. Any, any athlete that it would it would truly surprise you and hurt you if it was found out that they... I think that if you look at my career and who I've followed and and where I've been in October, at least baseball-wise, Jeter would be mm. the main guy. Right. You know, if if something ever broke that uh, that he were taking that, it, it would... Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe right. that's just because I'm naive or dumb or a combination of both. But that, that would... That would that would hurt. I, but again, we don't know what anybody's done. Yeah. And the funny thing is, a couple of years ago, when what, 12, 11, 12 players were linked to that biogenesis scandal right. that got suspended, not one of those guys failed a drug test. Hmm. So, you know, you have to start looking at the big picture and saying, this, this is a bigger issue than the little group of players that, that have been busted on this thing. And, uh, and and I just I, I think at some point these guys are going to have to start going in the Hall of Fame or you just lock the doors. I yeah. got a, I got a media wonk question. So the news came out today that Josh Norman's going to be working, I guess, maybe with you even a little bit on Fox. Uh, we've seen Brandon Marshall doing this with Showtime and right. all that. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of changes right now on ESPN. Legendary Tom Jackson's now out of it. Uh, I know that as someone who's in broadcasting, and Sims can attest to it, you hear all the time, we really need some young blood in broadcasting right now. Uh, you're a generational broadcasting talent from your father to you, and uh, I grew up with you, really. What, what, are, what are we? When you look around the landscape of sports broadcasting, where are we right now with the NFL and, and broadcasters? Interesting. I, I first of all, I wasn't aware that Josh was going to do stuff. I've seen him on TV, and I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and and I think Brandon Marshall is beyond. Yeah. Yeah. He's really I, special. I'm away. Right. He's he's a special talent and somebody who's been through a lot on and off the field. And I think he really uh, represents himself and represents, in this case, the New York Jets organization really well when he's on on Showtime. I want to see what he has to say, uh, and and I think that's really the litmus test. Certain people, when they have their quote-unquote hot take, I don't care. I don't care what certain people think about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Or, you know, I, a lot of the time, to me, it comes off as transparent and thin, and it, it looks like people that are arguing just for the sake of arguing. Yep. And and I, I think that just stirs it up. So if you want to get down in all that mess, that's fine. Um, I understand it, it, it sells, evidently. Uh, fortunately, I'm not in that part of the business. But uh, as far as athletes that are getting into it, 
if if they're if they're good and they're actually on the field and they want to have a legitimate opinion about the game, about an opponent, about somebody on their team, if they're on there just doing the BS answers of helping the team one day at a time, everybody's great and who cares? And then you're you're a waste of, of an opportunity for somebody else. But if you're on the field and you're willing to really talk uh, and say an opinion, I'm in. And, and I want to see what that person has to say. Who are some players that you leave these meetings and you might even send an email to someone at Fox and go, hey, when this guy's done, you got to think about this dude? Uh, Greg Olson, the tight end mm. for the Panthers, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, is really smart and funny. Uh, Brett Favre was always that guy. You know, there were times, and you could see it in the Hall of Fame speech, or I have this show coming out on DirecTV that starts on Wednesday that, you know, that's something I know we're here promoting, and that's not the reason I bring it up. Brett was one of those guys, Chris. Uh, you were you were in those meetings as the quarterback, and it's always kind of a cat and mouse how much you're going to reveal. Brett Favre would come in there, and it was like by the end of it, you're going, wow, Brett, we got to go. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this has been fun, but – uh, we just missed dinner. Right. And he just wants to talk. Yeah. Right. So how that guy is not on TV doing a studio show, I get it. He does, he's got enough money and yep. he doesn't want that responsibility in his life. But, man, is he entertaining. And you could see it talking off the cuff at the Hall of Fame or uh, if you tune into this show, he's an open book. And somebody who's genuine and open – Man, that's that's good TV. Yep, and that show again, DirecTV, Audience Network, August 10th. It's this Wednesday at 8 p.m. I got one last one. Are you still living in St. Louis? Yes. Uh, I know the second game of the year, second week of the year, you're calling a game in L.A., and that's a big right. shift. I'm curious, what's the energy like in, in St. Louis right now? How, how are they doing with the whole thing? Like the jilted girlfriend, mm. uh, the jilted boyfriend, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, it was sad, you know, when the team pulled out and moved back to L.A. It wasn't a surprise. Uh, you know, Stan Kroenke, the owner, hadn't made any public comments, hadn't taken any questions from any reporters around the team or in the St. Louis media for four years. Uh, and it, the writing was on the wall. And, and I think... Uh, any reaction I had or people in St. Louis had and continue to have uh, is, you know, I don't know that the St. Louis sports fan with regard to football is very well represented. I think it's it's a great football city. When that team was relevant, it was the hardest ticket I've ever had to get in town. That dome was loud. Uh, they won a world championship there. They got back to another Super Bowl. Uh, it was fun to watch, but that team really hasn't been fun to watch. Hopefully coming to L.A., uh, makes them more fun to watch. Hopefully Jared Goff is yeah. worth the ransom they pay to pick him number one overall. Hopefully they find a receiver that's a go-to down the field threat. Hopefully their offensive line is better. And Todd Gurley, who, who is a fantastic kid, uh, has the kind of career we all hope. But, you know, it, it, was, uh, it was frustrating because as St. Louis people, we thought, you know, this is, this is a great place for the NFL, uh, but – it, it was not a good product they were putting on the field. St. Louis people, you think, automatically go right to the Kansas City Chiefs as football fans, or do they go Chicago Bears? Where, where do you get I the think sense? they go to the best game. You know, right. I, it's not like it's college. I, I, I've never really understood that. Like, right. Kansas City doesn't care about St. Louis, and I don't know that St. Louis cares about Kansas City that much that way. I get the question. Right. But I, I think you go to the best game, and – you know, we're all so nuts about fantasy football. Right. It's, the, it's the secret weapon the NFL has that if I'm sitting in Jacksonville, well, not only do I care about a better Jaguar team, but 
Rodgers is my quarterback and Brandon Marshall is my receiver. And I just got the backup tight end for the Bengals. Yep. You know, you're watching all those different games, so it almost doesn't matter. Okay, I got last one. I'm sure he has to go. I just, I, I, I'm always interested. How do you balance this time of the year? You're getting ready for football. You're going to have to do he major league. a show league. coming out. You got the show. You got major league baseball playoffs coming up. Uh, you know, I, you're a big sports fan, but uh, just how do you kind of go about it? You, is it just as simple as you sit at home every night and watch direct TV and just go flip, you know, channel surfing? Well, that helps. There's no doubt about that. But I read, and I'm smart enough now to know what I don't have to know. Mm, so if you ask me five questions about the NBA, right, including who won the last NBA title, okay, I know it's the Cavaliers, but I don't, I can't tell you everything you want to know about the NBA. Right. I can't tell you about college basketball anymore, even though I used to cover it. Um, I can tell you some about hockey, but I know what I need to know. Right. And the rest of it, I live my life. I, I have a wife. I have daughters. I'm, you know, I got in trouble years ago on, on a radio show where somebody asked me, you know, do you sit at home and watch all these games every night? And I was like, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I watch The Bachelorette with my wife I'm <laughs> doing homework. I'm going to bed because I have to get up. Right. You know, it's. You have to balance all those things just like anybody else in their regular day job. So I read what I have to read. I enjoy the hell out of what I cover. And uh, I lean on my analysts. I'm, I'm ready. They're ready. And we just go do it. Yeah. What's your least favorite hot take in sports right now? <laughs> well, give me one. Give me one. And I'll tell you about it. I don't even know. I, You know, when, when people start questioning uh, like an Aaron Rodgers, mm. You know, he's not a he's not a great leader. Well, unless you've been in that locker room with Aaron Rodgers and unless you've stood in that huddle, uh, you know, a lot of the times you get people that are either cut by the Packers or right. not picked up in a free agent deal. They go somewhere else and they go, well, Aaron Rodgers isn't a leader. Well, OK, right. But you're not there anymore. You weren't saying that when you were begging for the ball from Aaron Rodgers, who puts up ridiculous stats. I unless you're there, man, that stuff drives me crazy. Or you start reading body language. And you say this guy doesn't care, yeah. or I, I just—it's—it's it's a joke to me. Yeah, I'm with you. Joe Buck's awesome show, Undeniable, returns season two this Wednesday, August 10th, 8 p.m. Direct TV, Audience Network, and you're going to hear it on your radio as well. First episode back, Brett Favre, Joe Buck, you are the man, dude. Thank you so much. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Thanks, awesome. Joe. Be good, man. Uh, All right. I agree with everything you say in there. Clearly, well, talking about little Greg. Jennings he's got great there. perspective. Yeah. He's well, a the, normal guy. It's the most misunderstood. I mean, we've talked about this. Most misunderstood guy maybe in all of media or major media, I think. I mean, I've never. Man, is there anyone else? Man, you know, it's, it's. I think Chris Berman's becoming that now. Maybe. I think. I don't uh, think anybody takes it to the extent Joe Buck has well, to take it. Well, he legitimately is getting just I mean, lambasted at times. And lambasted? Is that, you like that word? Lambasted, lambasted I would Lambasted, you're right. Yeah. That's a, the but proper. still appreciate right. it. <laughs> Speaking of people getting lambasted. Right. We are noticing a trend here at Bleacher Report. Chris Sims, when you talk about Tom Brady, dear God, the earth splits. Oh Three years gosh. ago, you had a take and no one gave a crap because Team Stream now, I don't really <laughs> think anyone used it. Two years ago, you said Tom Brady wasn't top five, and I think you had a little blurb on a blog. Right. This year, you go on Boston Radio and say, is Tom Brady a top five quarterback right now? Let me ask you something. Is Mickey Mouse real? No. And the world freaked out, right. so much so that I'm getting ready to go down to shore. I turn on Colin Cowherd's radio show because why not? 
And I hear Colin Cowherd on with my good friend Nick Wright, who's becoming a big star at Fox Sports 1. Right. And Nick Wright goes, Chris Sims, just stop it. And Colin Cowherd responded, if Phil Sims would have said that, I said, Phil, we need to talk. Chris Sims said that, I need to get out the wooden spoon. <laughs> like he's going to spank you like you're a bad right. little boy. because Colin because, Cowherd's butt. Because you're the only person in media that's got a dad. Right. Like, I don't have a dad. Right. And Colin Cowherd doesn't have a dad. But the fact that we know who your dad is, yes. all of a sudden, your points are less right. valid. I don't even know Nick. What's his name? He's a good guy. All I know is I know more football than both of you. That's all so I know. So here's my thing. Are you shocked that this is still a thing? It upsets you. I know that. Well, People are taking it the wrong way. I had a friend from Boston text right. me and go, what is your idiot partner talking about? And I go, here's the problem. The headline right now is Chris Sims says, Chris Sims, colon, Tom Brady not a top five quarterback. Right. What are you, re- at the heart of it, what are you trying to say? Well, at, at the heart of it, I, I don't want to hear, th- this is it. it. First of all, they had me on to talk about rules changes, and they go right to Tom Brady, right? So uh, then they get into, well, what is your top five? And listen, it's certainly debatable. What is not debatable is he's not top three, okay? I know right that. Now. He is not better than Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, or Russell Wilson in the prime of their careers. Uh, we have I, to stop taking the whole team and the whole organization. You know, and then I said Ben Roethlisberger was uh, four. And I think and, that I think you have a point and there. And then I said Andrew Luck is five, and, and that's that, certainly debatable. And that is it, because I think when I, I went through and I went, okay, let me see if he's in my top right. five. He's either five or six. Right. Because there, it, it made me realize. He he's can, 39. It's yeah. stupid. Relax. He's the greatest of all time, maybe. But at 39, he is not – the best or second best. How many defensive players did we have in our podcast last year before we could even finish the question of who's the best quarterback Aaron in football? Rogers. They, right. It was Aaron Rodgers before we finished the question. Now, uh, and then, you know, some of the things. All, the reason I'm pulling it out yeah, is. Yeah, it's okay. Because the, the, the thing that I always say to people, and it, I'm not trying to defend you. I'm just trying to have a discussion because yeah, right. I think you're making a fair point. He's 39. Right. He has one of the best offensive coordinators. He has a Now, here's the thing. How many guys in the NFL could run that system as well as him? Yes. Probably zero. How many systems could he go to and have as, as much success as he has in New England? Probably zero. He would, he would be in a world of crap if he had to play in Green Bay, Seattle, or Carolina. He would be in a world of crap at this point of his career. Now, in his prime, Tom Brady could do it. But what they, they put so much pressure on those three to physically make plays. It's not about the system. Tom Brady's greatest strength right now is his inventory of offense yes. and their ability to... So do to you have- factor that in? Because, like, the one knock that I always hear is, right. is you're only caring about athleticism. You don't care about... Like remembering plays and intellect, like you're I more do care about on it. it. I so do. then, how do you weigh that? How do you well, factor I, that I, in? I weigh it, but I also think like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson could learn that offense if okay. they were in it for 17 Cam years. Too. Yes, right. They all could. So uh, now, what Tom, about the pre-snap Tom reads is and stuff? special, certainly at decision making, making quick decisions, leadership. All that. Tom has been underappreciated for his arm strength and all his physical ability. Actually, in the prime of his career, you know, when people were just going, "Oh, he's a winner" and all that stuff. No, Tom Brady's arm was like two or three best in football. He wasn't only a great thrower of the football; he was a great passer of the football. It's two different things. Yeah. Uh, and so, listen, he's amazing, but at the same time. Uh, he has a great schematical advantage week in and week out where I would say Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are in the two 
worst. of the maybe three or four least creative offenses in all of football. And if anybody's watched football the last few years, when you see Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers drop back. 90% of the time, their biggest plays come on a scramble. It's them running around, right? It's not because they're looking at people and going, oh, he's open. I'm just going to run around, though, and look cool on TV. Is that what people think he's doing? No. They have... They have very simplistic offenses. And then when that, you watch the Patriots, they're, they're discovering new routes. And then routes. this is the other thing that's got to stop. Oh, Tom Brady's never had any weapons. His weapons are better than Aaron Rodgers. His weapons were better than Cam Newton's. His weapons were better than Russell Wilson's. It's not even close. None of them, okay? And I know it could be close maybe if Jordy Nelson's healthy for Green Bay, but they're certainly better than the Carolina Panthers. Gronk is the greatest tight end to ever In the play history the game. of football. He also got to play with Randy Moss. He also got Wes Welker in the prime of his career. Julian Edelman the last three years has been a top ten Julian Edelman's better than any – he's better than everybody on Green Bay except Jordy Nelson, Nelson who's healthy. Jul- Julian Edelman's better than every receiver on Carolina. Julian Edelman's better than every receiver on the Seattle Seahawks. Doug Baldwin's It'd be a close, close. one between it's him close. and Doug Baldwin. I would still take Julian. It's still a discussion. It is. So I hear that all the time. And then the other thing I hate to hear is, and someone said this on the radio when I, when I said this up in Boston, well, Tom Brady beats Andrew Luck every time. I didn't know it was just Andrew Luck versus Tom Brady. That, no, that's the whole Peyton that's Manning stupid, thing from like stupid 10, crap. That's ago. a stupid argument. I, I don't want to hear that. When, you, New England when, Patriots, when someone comes up to you afterwards and right. goes, you're a freaking idiot, you don't know what you're talking about, your dad, blah, 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 and then you begin to lay out these points reasoning, right. what percentage of time do they go, you have a point, and what percentage of the time are they like, I, I disagree Most of the time I break them down, and they go, yeah, you might be right. Uh, most of what the time. What percent of the NFL do you think agrees with you? Uh, I, think, I think a lot of coaches agree. Uh, yeah, because it's still you're still seeing on the NFL 100 Tom Brady still being like number one. Right. I mean, but but yet we didn't talk to one defensive player who said Aaron Rodgers wasn't better than I don't know I, NFL 100. I don't believe in who knows what the hell but, they're but doing. My my thing is this: so if we were to poll NFL coaches, right, how many would agree with you about the whole Tom Brady? Just I think he stance. would be in that four range with most NFL coaches. Yeah. I think realistically, yeah, once you start getting into the Roethlisberger's, the Lux, the Flacco's. Um, I, I'm even gonna th- yeah he, like like he's better than Stafford like yes. all those other guys he's better than Dalton he's, he's right better- there in that five six conversation to me he's not as good which as is, Ben Roethlisberger which is, which is- Freaking incredible! Amazing at thirty nine. But how old was Peyton Manning? But uh, Peyton was thirty nine. I think Tom Brady is so much better yes. than Peyton Manning at this age now. Tom Brady, I feel like Peyton Manning had a lot more wear and tear because of college and the beginning of his career, but not that much. And and. Pete Manning also had a worse offensive line, I feel like, over that time. Well, but it, it Tom Brady two different is so upbringings. much more impressive than Peyton Manning at this age. Definitely. But he's also 39. I know. And listen, I'm just here to keep it real. Okay, I'll sit here until Tom Brady's 50. He's the best quarterback in football. He's a winner still. He's in his wheelchair, but he's still the best. He's amazing. Like, come on. Close the yearbook. Yeah, I think the thing that's tough is I feel like people are looking at you like you're having a hot take. I know. And I actually think you're having the coldest take possible. I'm having a football take, period. A football take. And what I did, I made a mistake by doing this. I made a comparison on the radio and saying it's like saying Kobe Bryant. Well, okay, Kobe Bryant, you can't say it this last year, but like two years ago, three years ago, before he had all the injuries, people still saying Kobe Bryant's the best player in the NBA before like he tore his Achilles and all that. Like, no, he wasn't. LeBron James has been the best player in basketball for the last eight or nine years, period. Get over it. Kobe was amazing. His time was done at that time, and it was LeBron's. Right now, Tom Brady, you could still win the Super Bowl, but it's 
it's he's not the best quarterback in football. There's mm-hmm. no way, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean it in. If Do you, you think can, if you saw Tom Brady, right, and he said, "Man, I'm I'm hearing some stuff," and you explain that to him, how do? Because you, you've been with Tom Brady, you've worked with Tom Brady. We did have a good relationship. I'm sure we don't now, but I don't, what do you, you know. think he would? What do, how do you think he'd respond if well, you kind of? Because I feel like you could look him in the face and go, "Come on, Tom." Like what you're being asked to do, yeah. what asked to do. It's like I'm in the media. He I might be say like, "F you, I'm awesome." You know, he. I'm sure. Listen, he's got great confidence in himself, so I'm sure he still thinks he might be the man. I don't really know, but I know I could say it to his face, and not he's not going to look at me and just go, oh, Chris, you're totally stupid. Like, no. Aaron Rodgers, for my, for my money, is the best quarterback I've ever seen, period. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, Russell Wilson, probably the best dual threat quarterback in the history of the NFL. Yes, he's probably going to have more just, rushing yards. I, 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 th- I don't think we really appreciated enough what he did at the end of last year to get that team into the playoffs no. and go. I think I think I, I'm not sure. Two out of the last three years. Two out of the last three years, Russell Wilson's had a better quarterback rating than Tom Brady. That's and I'm all, also going to say, say this. I'm say this. When you look at the Seahawks' offensive line, what he's playing behind, this isn't the offensive line from that Super Bowl team that had Max Unger and Russell sure. Okung and stuff. That offensive line is hot garbage. That, he's running for his life yeah. with undersized wide receivers, a Marshawn Lynch who was underperforming last year, and Jimmy Graham on injured reserve. But see, that's why. That but team. see, this is where the other argument comes in with Cam Newton and Russell Wilson too, because statistics can't explain what they do for the run game either. Right. Like opening up the running holes. Russell and, Wilson rushed for 850 yards two yeah, years like ago. You could probably give 25 percent of Thomas Rawls' yardage to like Russell Wilson. No doubt about it. They have to worry about Cam or Russell on the runs. Equally as much as they had to worry about Jonathan Stewart or Marshawn Lynch or Thomas Rawls, like you're saying. So the value of their physical skill set can't always be seen on statistics. And as long as New England continues to win, which they're going to because they're the best team and they're the best coach team, and his statistics match up with it, people just can't quite get it out of their brain. Uh, But... Listen, I, they pay me to evaluate football here, not to massage egos and massage the New England fan brace. Uh, listen, the Tooth Fairy's not real. He's not the best quarterback in football at 39. Uh, le- Sunday night, we were supposed to get a nice glimpse of Andrew Luck versus – I know Andrew, uh, Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to play, but it was going to be Packers-Colts. Right. Uh, so apparently, uh, the Hall of Fame preseason game, they had painted on it. First of all, they had done new construction on the stadium. The college team that plays in the stadium said, we don't think it's going to be ready for our season. They didn't want to play there, but the NFL said, we think they'll be ready. They go there. They paint the middle of the field and the end zone. They realize they use the wrong kind of paint, right. so it's not drying fast enough. Right. They heat it up. Right. In the heating process, they melt the rubber pellets, they which should. apparently are cancer-causing, and I still don't know why they're being used on football fields I, anyway. The football teams make billions and billions of dollars. Can we just get grass fields so in every stadium? So they heat the paint to try and make it dry. They melt the rubber pellets. It congeals. It turns into a tar-like substance. Right. So then they say, don't worry. We'll reverse it with paint thinner. Right. And it kind of looks okay until someone looks at a bottle of the paint thinner and goes, uh, if this touches your skin, it's harmful. They cancel the game. Millions of dollars are lost from tickets and, and game and all that stuff. And everyone's kind of like, the NFL did this on themselves, arrogant, whatever. Uh, I, I just kind of left and went, look, I, I really didn't care about the game anyway. I mean, I was going to watch Nick Martinez at middle linebacker and see how T.Y. Hilton looks on three routes. But not a good look for the NFL. What was your what was your takeaway last oh, night? Oh, man, there's a lot of things I can go with there. First of all, the, the, hall, the fifth preseason game, the Hall of Fame, like, stop it. 
Okay, let's just have four preseason games with this team. Let the Hall of Fame game be the first of the preseason. Okay. But let's not like these two teams have to play an extra preseason game. That's my first problem with this. Yes. Stupid, okay? Second thing is, uh, field service in general is amazing to me in the NFL. How many teams let colleges or high school games go on the day before they play. Or concerts. Or concerts, exactly this right. It used to happen at, at the, the Lincoln Financial the, Field all the time. They'd have a concert. Or Levi Stadium and the 49ers. Oh, There's yeah. all the issues last year. I have never seen anything like it. Listen, man, Ronaldo at Barcelona or, or, or Ronaldo at Real Madrid or Messi, Messi at Barcelona, that field is there for soccer and soccer only. Why are we endangering our top-tier athletes in our country to go, oh, you know, Johnny High School was on this field, but now Tom Brady, you run out there too. That's, that's stupid. So I don't want to hear about teams losing their investments when they throw their investments out mm. into stupid playing services. Should I'm all- just thinking last year of Reggie Bush running along the sideline in the Edwards Jones Dome, and there's like a patch of concrete Sh- falls and like he's out for the Sean season. Sean yeah, all in that same Hall of Fame. Same field. Ended his career. Ended his career. Tore his knee up. Yeah, so, so you've always told me that playing surface, a lot of teams use based on their roster. So right. if you have a spe- – they, they, they draft their roster based on the playing surface. Yeah. The Patriots have nice high grass. So they have – Their slow- field turf now, though. Okay. They were. But, but you they're were saying- one team I, – I honestly don't understand why they do it sometimes. I'm also like – Man, you guys are more big physical, not about speed. So why isn't just uniform? Why doesn't everyone just have grass when that is proven to be the healthiest for the knees? Everyone says they like because grass. Because it costs most. money. And if the NFL owners can save 10 cents, that's what they're going to do. Because the maintenance of it and all that is a pain It's a really pain funny. To them. It it's really ridiculous. Does, it really does come down to cash. Right. And we were talking about this with uh, Tyra Matthews' contract. We were like, it is not a five-year, $64 million contract. Right. It is a two-year contract. Right. I had, a, I had a conversation this weekend with my parents about Russell Westbrook's contract, and my dad was saying, the amount of money he's making, three years, $85 million, he should be in a higher tax bracket to give it back. And my response was, how much did the owner of the Oklahoma City Thunder make last year? Right. I don't know the answer to that. Yes. Well, I'd like to know the, per- the percentage of money that Russell Westbrook is earning compared to the, to the amount of money that the Oklahoma City Thunder is bringing in. Because if he's not making 10 to 15% of their total revenue, and I'm sure it's less, right. who's responsible for all those jerseys and all those tickets and all that? It's, there is a propaganda in our country about player salaries and the fact that we have owners that like to skimp off the top right. with things like playing surfaces, which then in endanger their players, which then they then put into the media as being money-hungry, it's a little bit crazy. It's crazy. I don't understand how you could even use the wrong paint for the field. It's supposed to be the world championship, and you got some guy in Ohio putting the wrong paint. I I don't get it either. And and what's funny, too, is the NFL is kind of blaming the Hall of Fame to a degree because the Hall of Fame is the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It has nothing to do with the NFL, even though they are tied together and board of members or some of the owners and things like that. I understand that. But they are kind of two separate entities. And I've seen a few comments where the NFL has kind of said, oh, they need to figure this out regardless. But. They should have both been on the same page. I don't know how the wrong page is Because when the game goes on, no one calls it the frickin' Pro Football Hall of Fame preseason game. It's the NFL preseason game. And if the NFL is going to point a finger, you know what? No one cares who you're blaming. Yeah, right. 
It's like when someone accuses you of cheating. Who told you? No one cares. Right. What did you do? Yes. Your game didn't go on. You had right. nothing on television. And I watched Simone Biles be an absolute freak in the Olympics. <laughs> Last thing I want to touch on is this Joey Bosa's mom comment. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's so funny because now I go on the Internet. And the Internet, first of all, this is some inside uh, internet baseball. Facebook is changing their algorithm so that when you go on Facebook, it's no longer a piano. A cat went on a piano. You won't believe what happened next. They're right. getting rid of all that. Yet I'm still seeing things like Joey Bosa's mom with an epic ramp on Facebook. She commented on someone's things. It's like we wish we did the Eli Manning and held out. Right. Um, I, I, I don't want to say anymore that that moms or, or anyone should stay in their lane because you know what? That's her son. Yeah. They're trying to do this stuff. Right. What's your whole take on what's going on right now with Bosa and the Chargers? Yeah. Because it's contract language. I, I just feel like certain organizations have these issues every now and then. Well, the, for, I think the Chargers don't have a lot of money. And I, they obviously and don't. look at the stadium move. issues, all of that. Right. Listen, I, 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 I agree with you. Offset the, money. The mom, of course, is emotionally invested in her son. Uh, and I'm sure they're very frustrated by it because they're excited. They want to see their son play professional football, and I'm sure he's very antsy and wants to go as well. Uh, but they want Joey Bosa wants to do what's right by him and what's what his agency's right. And there has a discrepancy on guaranteed money when it's going to be paid. Our Jason Cole came out with a story that this could severely hamper the chances of Bosa staying with the Chargers long term. Right. We are shooting this on a Monday. Right. I believe it is either Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, which is the limit of trading a yes, rookie. Yes, Tuesday. I believe. Tuesday. Is right. there any chance that you go, look, this just isn't going to work out? There's one team I can think of that at least would need The even, Dallas Cowboys. Yes, exactly right. But That's, they ain't got no pieces. But they got nothing to trade. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel bad. The one thing you can count on, though, Joey Bosa is a worker. He will be in it shape is funny, and ready though, to go. That San Diego is a top five places in the country where I would want to live. Right. And it's a top one place that can't get stars to come to their town. Right. It's unbelievable. It is pretty unbelievable. It's, it's definitely a close situation to watch because from stories I've seen with Mike Freeman and other people at Bleacher Report, because the discrepancy, the issue between the two parties is so small, those are typically the things that you throw in in for leverage. Right. There's no way to get around this. Right. Bosa could absolutely sit out this entire season. Yes. We've had a lot of rookies threaten it. We've had a lot of veterans threaten right. it. We have not seen it in a very long time. Yeah. And if it does, I'm taking Joey Bosa's side. And not because he's super cool, because you drafted a guy, we had the CBA that you pay them now, and now all of a sudden you want to pay him next year. Right. Well, guess what? What if there isn't a next year? What if you guys go, hey, you know what? We're going we're gonna to change it again. Give the guy what he asked for. I, I agree. And, and I know there's just. It's the, to avoid all this stuff. The statistics are all in his favor, too, as far as top five picks and the amount that have. You know, we, we went over this, I think. Ezekiel Elliott, yep. he deferred some money. Maybe Carson Wentz deferred some money. But, like, it's only. It's like 16 out of the top last 20 picks, or the top five. Right. I'm not explaining this right. Yeah. All the top five picks, the last 20 of them. Have 16 of them have gotten that guaranteed money right away, first year, all guaranteed. Yeah. There we go. Uh, so it's a shame because he would really help out that defense, too. All right. Sims and Lefko podcast, episode 75. Thank you so much to Joe Buck. Again, season two of Undeniable, Wednesday, August 10th. Brett Favre got a ton of good guests going on. Uh, it's good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, we are ramping up our NFL coverage here at Bleacher Report. Uh, I am in the weeds so hard right now. <laughs> I, I know am you were. so ready. Thursday night is the beginning of preseason football. Right. Eagles Bucks to kick it off. Jameis Winston is going to tear up the Eagles defense. <laughs> and I'm excited. 
because I just want to see football and I don't really care. Uh, we are going to be doing a lot more football. Me, Sims, and producer Fendrick are going to have a, a meeting of the mind soon uh, to kind of break down what we're going to be bringing to you. Right. But we are really going to try and make Sims and Lefko the best NFL podcast where you get stuff that no one else is talking about. We promise that we will be so in the weeds that you will need Roto-Rooter to understand what the heck we're talking about. Episode 75 <laughs> in the book, 76 coming next week. We love you guys. Hit us up on Twitter. Follow us. Subscribe on iTunes. Have a great day. Peace out, homies.